Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 403 of the JV Club with my wonderful guest, Pallavi Sastri. I was recently a guest on her wonderful podcast, What Are Friends For?, that she has with one of her dear, dear friends, Gabrielle Ruiz. And so next week, you will have Gabrielle in your ears. Uh, it's a wonderful convergence of podcast hosts. Um, Many of their uh, uh, sensibilities uh, are very much in sync with mine. So we had a lovely chat. And this will be dropping on Christmas Eve. If you celebrate Christmas Eve, I wish you a happy Christmas Eve. It would be very weird if you celebrated Christmas Eve and not Christmas. I'm going to assume if you celebrate Christmas Eve, you probably celebrate Christmas. But now maybe I'll just become a person who doesn't observe Christmas, but who does observe Christmas Eve. That's very interesting, isn't it? Anyway... I am thinking of you all. I wish you wonderful and happy holidays or just a nice break if you're able to take a breath and not think about the state of the world or work. Um, and uh, again, we'll be dropping an episode next week on New Year's Eve as well. Julian is going to be off next week, so I'm recording both of these intros back to back in advance of both of those dates. And I want to thank him and everyone at Max Fun for being so wonderful. All right. Happy holidays, all. I'm good, you know. I at first, like you know, because we're so used to getting on Zoom, and we're like, "Oh no, I'm not." Dr- Wait a second, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And I put on—I have to tell you—I put on my little disposable foot mask socks, <laughs> and I am very relaxed right now. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, I—I got to be honest. I—I I enjoy sitting in a dark room if I'm going to be chatting uh and so that is also i always i feel bad because like my my prime place to sit and podcast is like with you know in this kind of dark the darkest room i have plus it's backlit so if you and i were zooming right now i would just be like a creepy shape i would look like you know the perp that this person was afraid of their identity being revealed (laughs) on like a bad oxygen show and like it would just look like you were trying to trying to save me from being like trolled yeah yeah you just see all my baby hairs sticking up if you've blit me from the back that's really what happens here <laughs> oh you know what now that you say that <laughs> there's some version of that with me as well that i don't know what happens with with my baby hairs but they're outrageous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the best that's ever been called uh by a hair person on a job i worked on was my co-stars <laughs> Your co-stars are really trying to get in, in on the action. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and shellac down your co-stars. Right, dear. right. Yeah, I oh, know. No, we just, I just get blown out on every set I go to because they're just like, let's just make it a little more professional. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a little layered there, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that funny? I mean, this is like a very uh, surface thing to talk about, but isn't it? Do, do you have that experience where, I mean, it sounds like you do, where you sort of, there's like a version of you that's you that's like this is how I choose to present when I want to look nice right or you know this is sort of what I think of as attractive and then uh, like consistently I will go to do a project and I'm like oh you don't you don't think that's 
like your version of like me looking quote unquote pretty is very different than like what I think of. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you think my hair needs to be in ringlets. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Right. I you mean, know. that's our whole like, I think, balance juggling act, I would say. It's like, you know, people... People just assume what they want to assume. And also, we're getting judged on a photo before anybody even hears us say anything. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like... Also true. Yeah. So, I I definitely, when I go into a makeup room or a hair room, and they automatically grab, like, the spray bottle and the hair dryer, I know what's up. Like, they're like, oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hair, the way that it comes out of my head is not necessarily what what they believe people want to see. And I'm like, okay. Mm. And for the longest time, I just accepted it. But now I'm allowed to say yeah. something. <laughs> Good for you. You are allowed. <laughs> you are so more than allowed. Please feel allowed. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we yeah. started off real. I got it. I got in there deep, didn't I? <laughs> No, I'm glad. Listen, you made it mean something. Whereas I was just like, "What do you, some people think one thing is pretty?" <laughs> like, good for you. Good for you. Now let me let me just throw this out there. I just want to get it out there because uh, if I feel like it may come up in casual conversation anyway, but I do think that you are my first guest who has had the COVID. Oh, okay. It's an honor. Okay. I mean, I want to, I, there's actually a, a very large trophy that should be showing up at your house. Thank you so much. Any moment. I hope it's made out of it, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I mean, it's an equestrian trophy because they don't have a, a trophy for COVID yet, but <laughs> so it's just like a person of the horse, um, right. but I'll send you some cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Now, is cinnamon roll something that you would pick if, like, you if is that did that come from a real place? Was is that like do you like cinnamon rolls over say like a cupcake or a donut or? Well, you know? actually, no. Don't. So you know what's funny is like in New York, it was like um, like pastries from the deli, right? And then when I got mm-hmm. here, everybody was into donuts, and so now I, I do like donuts. However, the cinnamon roll thing is is just from one place that makes vegan cinnamon rolls in Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon rolls are something I never eat, but every time someone says the words cinnamon roll, I'm like, mm, that does sound good. Right. <laughs> but it never translates to like the time at which I could actually be getting one. Somehow that person is not there to say cinnamon roll. <laughs> so I never end up getting one. But like you said that and I was like, that does sound really good. Well, it's it's like it sounds like it probably might taste and donuts is just a little more like <laughs> very like you know b- middle of the road like eh, it's a donut yeah. <laughs> it's true that there you're so right the donut I mean I guess maybe maybe this is true for cinnamon rolls too but it really I I agree donuts seem like they cover so much ground <laughs> of like the most delicious thing you've ever had to the most like take a bite and just immediately want to spit it right. out kind of thing <laughs> There's a there's a very very large cross section of things that you could put in your mouth that's called a donut mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you would not want. What kind of pastries would you get uh, uh, in New York? Well, before I figured out that I shouldn't be having dairy anymore, I would grab the the cheese danishes. Oh yeah, cream cheese yeah. danish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love. 
I love you looking back and laughing at yourself. I, oh, oh, me. Oh, me. And and I'm from Texas. And there's this little place. We would drive from Houston to Austin often. And there's this little place on the road in the middle of nowhere called LaGrange, Texas. Mm. And in LaGrange, there is a uh, German bakery that makes uh, kolaches. Have you ever heard of a kolache? Ooh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's a very European thing, but it's kind of like a mix between a donut and a Danish. Okay. Yeah. And those, they would have like these um, cream cheese. And then they also made, this sounds like it might be gross, but it's actually the most delicious thing. It's a cottage cheese kolache. <laughs> oh, I bet I would like it. It does sound gross. And yet I, I bet I would like it. Right. <laughs> you know what? You want you want to know another two words that's when someone says I'm like I do like that and then I never ever get it right it's cottage it's cheese, cottage cheese. <laughs> never I never think about it I never get it and then you just said that and I was like oh cottage cheese yum oh yeah like as if someone's keeping me from eating it <laughs> well I guess that, you know what technically I, someone is and that person is my endocrinologist and I'm not supposed to have dairy either so right. I guess there is there are rules but even before I too was told not to eat dairy, I that was not something that was not a go-to. Sure, yeah. I, the only reason I I think about cottage cheese and I'm like, well, because I think cottage cheese is one of those things where it looks gross, but like if you do the right thing to it, it can be fabulous. And so yeah, for me, yeah. my grandmother would make these like very Indian style like cheese puffs using cheese oh, yeah. cottage cheese, and they're savory, and you don't see the cottage uh, cheese. So it's yeah. like right it's like then i don't have to look at it and it's delicious <laughs> yeah that's that, that sounds like it's right up my alley mm-hmm. right up my alley mm-hmm. um and so cottage cheese i guess it's called that because like is that like what the what the poor people who lived in cottages made for cheese i don't know why it's called cottage cheese. maybe i, I mean because like you know whenever you warm up milk right for <laughs> why we're like getting into like <laughs> When you warm up milk and then like you warm it up too much or like you put you when you get a latte with like almond milk, you know how it like starts to break up if it's too hot. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's what it's. That's essentially what it is. Let's let's call it what it is. It's clumps up. It should be called clump cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what it is. Cottage cheese, I guess, is just like the bastard cheese. (laughs) It is. It's the bastard cheese. It's clump cheese. And also like. I love the idea of someone being like, and would you like a side of cottage cheese? And you're like, I'm sorry, I only eat castle cheese. (laughs) I'll have I'll have a fortress cheese, please. (laughs) A pool house cheese. There we go. (laughs) A pool house cheese. It's a breeze. It's easy breezy. It's little. It's not super fancy, but it's like, mm, you feel like I'm on vacation. Yum. Um, okay, let's get back to brass tacks. Okay, you you got sick. You were sick. You are better now, mm-hmm. and I'm delighted that you and your whole fam uh, overcame this nasty critter. Yeah, that we like to call coronavirus. Yeah, you know, and I, well, the thing that I've been really, um, I've been making sure to explain to everybody is like, you can be the most careful person yeah right and and I have a one-year-old so I have to be so yeah but even then it was like literally it was the one time 
for my husband's birthday on October 28th. Like, we know exactly what happened, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which I guess is kind of comforting to other people, right? Because it's not like one of those, like, no, we genuinely have no idea. Right. That's the scariest to people. Right. I mean, we went to eat at a restaurant that a friend of mine is the owner in the corner table outside that he saved for us. And we went to go eat with two of our best friends. And the owner, uh, our friend who's the owner, and our other friend who we were eating with, they're roommates. And then the exposure came from the third roommate who we did not Mm -hmm. know, whose girlfriend decided to come visit him after going to a bachelorette party in another state. Oh, my God. Right? Like, how complicated is that? And how much control do I have over any of that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You just described the exact thing that is what I spiral out on about stuff like that. So in many ways, you vindicated me because (laughs) I absolutely had one of those experiences where I was where I did. I I mean, I spun out to to directly the amount of separation that 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 you had from the irresponsible person. Right. I, I've done the exact same thing where like, you know, it was like, oh, you're, oh, my sweetie is going to go see his friend who, and his friend is super careful and they're going to go to a place and they're going to sit outside and they're going to be far away from everyone else. Right. Um, but then his friend also had seen another friend and as soon as it was like right. introduced right. that he had been with someone I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I was like, oh God, uh, um, I don't know what that person's doing. Like, I don't know what that person's up to. Haha. Mm. And I felt, I felt dumb about it. And now I don't feel dumb anymore because, <laughs> and by the way, it still all happened. So it's only by luck of the draw that I didn't get sick and that you did. Do you know what I mean? Like it's sure. like the, it, the, the same, the same distance of people came from like one to the other, but like that guy who I still don't know if he was doing anything smart or not, right. like could have easily gotten us all sick. So right. I'm so sorry. Oh, Ugh. thank you. And you know, and I still like, I'm very much like a lead with gratitude type of person. And I don't like to like sit there and hold resentment towards people because I've done enough of that, you know, in my life. And yeah. I, I feel like it's a waste Fair. of time. So I still yeah. choose to think that I choose to believe that like everybody's doing their best to the best of their yeah. knowledge and their ability. Now, I'm not talking about those who are literally denying science and refusing to wear masks. <laughs> right. right. That's hurtful and that's dangerous. However, right. <laughs> I, I think we've all been through a lot this year and I think people are trying to do their best. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now that I'm on the other side of it and the fact that like my child literally like she's She's 16 months old and she bounced back faster than all of us. Like my pediatrician was literally like, I don't take this the wrong way. I'm actually not too worried about your baby. I'm more worried about your mom. <laughs> right. Well, sure. So, um, sure. Yeah. So like we definitely, um, I mean, I don't know how, how much you want to know about symptoms, but like we felt lay it on me lay it all on me because we didn't we didn't dig into it too deeply when I did your wonderful podcast what are friends for Mm -hmm. um but that is how I know that you did go through this right um but yeah we didn't we didn't dig in so you know you can lay it on. well and also it might be educational who knows whoever's hearing this they know maybe know what to expect a little bit um but yeah, I mean, it's it's a little different for everybody. But for us, and, I, and also I've heard, depending on the strain that you get, which is also crazy to think about, that there's different version of, versions of this thing, like sort of floating around. Sure. Um, but we had like really massive headaches. So I'll, the, the summing up of it was like, it felt like we had a migraine while we had mono and the flu at the same time. 
<laughs> so it's like body aches and like the sh- the headaches start from the shoulders and they go up and so it's like mm. um and then you were just literally tired and um my one-year-old was sh- she took like three naps a day for like three days so we were like we took three naps a day for three days you know <laughs> sure um so- which that's probably good that it was like this is being dictated for you so exactly go ahead and take exactly it out. yeah and um we just you know we Thankfully, didn't lose any taste and smell, but our friends that we were with, they did. Um, wow. So, yeah. And so we, um, what else do we have? We had a lingering fever for maybe four or five days. Um, it never got super high. I, I would like, I mean, 102. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about average, I would say, for a, quote, high fever. But, um, yeah. yeah. And then my mom and I got a dry cough that, like, lingered for like 10 days after that and we definitely coughed up some stuff but my husband and I and my child did not have that so yeah but overall it just kind of flattens you that's what's worse that's the worst thing about it is like you really don't have the space in your brain and you don't have the energy in your body to literally do anything except go to the bathroom maybe get something to eat and that's about it (laughs) Mm, mm. And did you, are you a worrier? I, uh, you, I already appreciate that you tend to come to things more positively, but um, was there, were you worried? Like, did you take on the worry about your mom and stuff or about yourself? Or was there a sense of like, I guess this could be it? Well, it is the first time I've considered that. If that's, yeah. you know, like, I, that's a weird yeah. thing to say that like, oh, like, I I have this actually I think you said this on our show is like I have this thing that's killing people and that's a weird thing to like face (laughs) right yeah I've never considered it and and I guess in a way that's a a privileged mindset but um yeah I mean I would say I am very aware of how my train of thought my psychosomatic tendencies um can turn into physiological things so I actually know I feel like I've put forth a lot of practice to try and quell all that Mm -hmm. um so I I try to got to do um I try to do what I know I have control over rather than sitting there and thinking about what I'm not doing right or what could happen or because I I just feel like that makes me feel worse yeah, good for you. You know, it takes some some of us a lifetime to figure that out. I feel like there are people in their 70s and 80s who are like, I'm starting to think I shouldn't focus on what I can't control. <laughs> well, I'm not perfect at it, but I think it's like it's because there was I, I went through um, a cert, a very specific amount of um, trauma younger. And I think when I came back to addressing it, that's where I learned that skill is in therapy. Mm, yeah. Do you mind if I ask about that trauma? Or oh, absolutely. Is that something you want would like to keep off the table. Oh no, that's totally fine. We actually, I actually sort of publicly came out on our show this season um, okay. with that, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I was molested as a child by a family member, um, mm. and uh, I just sort of didn't ever consider it to be something that I needed to. That I, I don't know. I just felt like oh, I. I don't need to make this a problem for me. You know, I just sort of shoved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also didn't, because it was like a family thing, I didn't want to like ruin my parents' lives by like making them worry about this and some, you know sure. what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I definitely hid that. And it in therapy, I figured out 
through like breath work and stuff. And every time it would come up, um, actually, let me go back. When I moved from New York to Los Angeles and I was like in my car for the first time in my adult life, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and driving everywhere and like sitting by myself. Because in New York, you don't commute by yourself. You're around people all the time. So like it was the first time I would say that I listened to exactly where my brain would go in my adult life. And so that's when I started thinking about this for the first time. Like, right. I mean, it's like I'm 30 at this point, I'm 31 and I'm considering for the first time what this trauma means for me in my adult life. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like, isn't that crazy that we do that? It's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. It really is. It's fast. And, you know, and also like, you know, the, the, I suppose you could have been like r- rabidly listening to comedy podcasts or like blasting music super loud or like calling friends on the phone every time you got into your car. Mm-hmm. Like you could have continued, you perhaps could have continued to keep pushing that away. And the fact that you found yourself in a position where like, I mean, I'm sure you've said this and that other people have told you this, but you know, some part of you obviously was ready to take it on, even if it feels environmental and circumstantial, like, yeah, you know, oh, this big environment thing happened and changed and opened this up for me. But it's like, "Mm, I don't know, girl, like you could have still blocked it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you were ready to deal with it because there are ways that you could have pushed it away, even with the the change in, in where you were and how you were getting places. I think there's some part of you was like, okay, you know what, let's do this. Right. No, I agree with you. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I totally could have. And I, it's funny, like, I notice now when I get into a car with a friend, even though I haven't done that, you know, obviously, many of us haven't done that this year. But um, like, I what would about that bachelorette party we were at together? <laughs> it was me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, but like, I would notice after that, like in the last couple of years, if I would get into the car with somebody and if their first instinct was to like turn on music, I'd be like, oh, that's so interesting that nobody wants to sit there in silence, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, through therapy and, you know, the breath work and all that stuff, like um, the most valuable, I would say, like usable tool that I got out of therapy um, was every time something comes up that you're not you haven't addressed yet where do you feel it in your body and at that time I had been trying to get pregnant also for like two or three years and I would feel Mm. all of the tension in my lower abdomen which is essentially my womb yeah and um god that's amazing isn't that amazing and then like um four four or five months into therapy um I got pregnant (laughs) wow yeah our bodies and our brains and our guts are just really something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just are really something else. That's so amazing. It, I mean, you know, it's like, this is such a stupid, I can't believe every profound thing you say for some reason, I feel so deeply. And then, and then in reply, I say something so stupid and asinine. No, but, <laughs> but like, but seriously, like one of the, one of the most amazing and simple and day-to-day expressions of that for me really would be like like oh I was I like I traveled somewhere and you know I was having a great time and it was just a place that I you know hadn't been before or whatever and it would be like huh I'm just not pooping like interesting because I'm not a person that usually deals with that except in certain travel situations and then I would like get home from the airport and be like ah, oh 
oh, oh. I'll see you in 10. <laughs> like, I was so crazy. Like, I thought I was having the conversations with myself wherever I was that was like, you know, you could, I mean, you don't, you're in a safe space. Like, you're fine. It's right, not, right. You know, like for whatever's going on there that, that, that you think you're having a conflict, like you you think your brain and your body are kind of, you know, making sense to each other. But clearly there's, there's stuff going on right. to where there's some part of you that's like, nope, I'll let you know when I f- actually feel the way you're telling me I feel, right. you know? <laughs> right, exactly. No, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And that was like also a humbling thing to realize that like, cause I, I also consider myself a very health conscious, savvy, healthy person, you know? Um, and so yeah. when I had to like, when I thought about when I finally did get that positive on the pregnancy test and I was like oh like it's because I actually like feel differently now that I don't I'm not holding on to this thing that I didn't realize I was holding on to (laughs) Mm Hmm. wow yeah and so that was not that that was not terribly long ago in terms of to your point like it was pretty fresh but perhaps also fresh in a great way because you had just been like all right look I've I've got these tools. I've been working real hard at these tools. Mm-hmm. I can also put these tools, you know, to, to task mm-hmm. um, and dealing with this thing that's happened that I can't, you know, I can't undo. I can't, you know, right. Make it so that we don't have it. So let's, pl- let's plow through it and not focus on the what ifs. Right. It's like taking the thing as it comes rather than fu- what I call future tripping. <laughs> yeah. Future tripping is better than future surfing. Future surfing sounds kind of fun. Right. Like people are like, don't future surf. You're like, I don't know. That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty great. I'm hanging 10. Are you kidding me? I'm hanging 10 years in advance. Yes. I want to go um, surfing and have some pool know, house cheese. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pool house cheese. Okay. We're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we called Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pits? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high quality game that you yeah. could expect. Doctor Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please. Let's get back to you being from Texas. Okay. Uh, from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I told you this when we first started talking about where we are from, uh, but like whenever we I think probably not on your podcast but even just like when we chatted Mm -hmm. uh to say hi to each other um that I'm that I've been to Houston I think twice um and then other parts of Texas many more times and I love that Austin is remains this sort of like island that everyone from other cities in Texas is like no 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 and then we would drive to Austin right (laughs) everybody loves it's so true it's like the redeeming part of it somehow everybody's like no I love I'm from Texas I love Austin is it immediately what I get usually. Um, and I did yeah. um, live like 30 minutes outside of Austin. Um, like it was like a suburb of Austin. Now, uh, I would say, let's see, fourth grade to 11th grade. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a significant amount of time. It's uh, also a weird time to have to move. Oh yes, very. Yeah, it was. It was weird, and because it's outside of Austin, and Austin wasn't what it is. It wasn't then what it is now. Um, yeah, and so it was still like when you go outside of Austin, twenty thirty minutes, you're literally in the middle of nowhere. So it was yeah. like rural Texas, and I'm like this. I showed you saw the picture right that my fourth that was my fourth grade class photo and yes. like that's what I looked like when I moved there and I was like <laughs> I was this like uh scrawny dark skinned like long like my hair was down to my butt um my glasses were way too big I had these two buck teeth and like I literally was like an alien compared to like all of the <laughs> little white girls that were mm. in my class <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. and how and and were how were they were they better than you would fear or were was it about what you'd expect um I I think like I've been code switching my whole life so maybe at the time I didn't really like understand what I was doing really just to like be just be (laughs) um yeah and just kind of I I hate the word assimilate because it 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 makes it sound like I'm conforming to who they are um that wasn't necessarily what I was doing I was just trying to like kind of exist without drawing attention to myself Mm -hmm. yeah and did you have do you have siblings that I mean was were you what was your sort of like the rest of your family were they also experiencing a version of that um my I have a one younger sister um she's three years younger and she's always been a little bit more like rambunctious and like hey how are you I'm I'm Kirtana and you know I like to do this and like she's very much like in and I was a lot more reserved as a child Mm. um very much still like a people person but not necessarily like aggressive in terms of like showing people who I was and maybe that's a second child thing I have no idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah I mean my parents they're they're just really hardworking people and they they just I think they also know how to code switch quite well and you know my dad is is uh he's a professor he's a scientist so like he moved there for a very specific reason and you know when you're living in a blue collar town and then you know you move in and like the only like the rich people are like the people who aren't working blue collar jobs basically right 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 even though we weren't wealthy we were just like we were also middle class people but like it was just different because we were we were he he was like an educated person you know what I mean like right yeah I do I do <laughs> um yeah so it's, it's an interesting distinction it's a weird in-between class because it's not yeah absolutely it's not it's not that it's like white collar or like my dad's a stockbroker yeah it's it's still yeah absolutely yeah so I think like you know we just try to to for us, it was all about like just being regular American kids. Like, you know, I was a basketball player for a long time. Um, yeah, and I, I just tried to be as, quote, normal as possible. And then like on the weekends, we would be super Indian. <laughs> uh, describe. Well, I think if you talk to any Daisy person, so Daisy, uh, I'll explain what that term is they see is um anybody in the diaspora coming from the south asian subcontinent um and that's the word we use uh, is they see okay 
Um, so if you talk to any Desi person, we're like, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd, you know, play sports and like do the things we're supposed to do during the week. And then we'd go to the, the dinner parties on the weekends with all the aunties that are talking about jewelry all weekend. And, and the, and the dads are talking about finance and, you know, like, but it's just all brown people and we're all eating food. And like the kids are always running around or we go to the temple, we play on the, on the playground there and the, and the families are inside praying. Like, it's just very, there's different scenarios, but like, you know, we would, we would also, my mom's a singer. And so she was our first music teacher and, and we would go to sing backup for her in her shows on the weekends too. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like here we are like basically stage performers already, but in a completely not tangible way for most of the people in our like friend circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, so the, but there was enough of a community that that there were aunties around and that there were opportunities to, yeah, that there was a temple and stuff rather than like you were literally one of the only people of that descent, you know. Oh, well, in that, that area. was that, how nice to have some kind of community. Yeah, I mean, I, we would we had to go out of our way for it, for sure. I mean, there was a there, we would either drive to Austin, which was about 45 minutes um, to, oh, wow. to see some of these people. And then when we were in Houston, Houston has a huge Asian population in general. So um, yeah. we definitely had like, you know, our parents tribe around us when we were growing up and like, but again, even then it's like during the week where we like, you know, just sort of do what we're supposed to do, put our head down and do good work. And then on the weekends we go do all our dance classes with our Indian friends and, and go to, to the cultural events and all these things. Yeah. It's kind of a dual life in that way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, code switching. You weren't kidding. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, and and then and then you moved again at, as a what, like a junior? Yeah. In, after in my junior. Yeah. After my junior year. Which were you ready to go or were you like, hey, I'm about to be done with high school. What are you doing? <laughs> that, I love that question. Um, and people are like, God, that must have sucked moving for your senior year. But like when you are living in rural Texas and. Exactly. Yeah. And also. That could go either way. Yeah. You could be like, see ya suckers. <laughs> yeah. And perspective. My sophomore year is when 9-11 happened. And that was the first time that like I think my parents and our like we f- sort of looked over our shoulder a little bit more than we ever had. Oh, man. And so, right, because we were, as far as that town is concerned, we were like one one out of the two families, (laughs) right? Yeah. I'm laughing because it's so horrible, but yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, at that point, I had started showing an interest in musical theater and like the theater program at that school was like, you know, lacking because, you know, people don't fund the arts in public education. And um, and so unless it's like a wealthy school district. So like when my dad was like, okay, I have an opportunity to be back at the main campus in Houston. I was like, sure, sure. Can I go to high school here? And I like literally researched where I could go that had the best high school theater program outside of Houston. (laughs) Nice. Why not take the opportunity if if I you know. know if you're going to be picking up roots. I know, and so yeah, I, I did move for my very last year of high school, and I was totally fine with it. I was ready because it's like it's very goal oriented, right? It's like okay, if I want to do this, I need to get out of this town. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when you came in for your last year, what was that like? Um, it was probably like not too 
different as far as like just sort of not trying to draw attention to myself in a way, but also because I was trying to be there. It was like I was going to college early because I knew what what I wanted my major to be. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. So I sort of like zeroed in in my in my senior year and like only uh, hung out with all the performing arts kids and only hung out with the with uh, the choir kids and the theater kids and like you know that's nerdy in a in a very specific way obviously but like I just I didn't worry so much I think um, I did fine in school but like I just didn't worry so much about like impressing um, my teachers and my and you know my parents like my dad was concerned that I wanted to be an actor but like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, you know, show me that uh, this is this can work. And, you know, I think it was just more about like, he's a scientist, so he likes data. You know, it's like, make a PowerPoint presentation and show me how this is going to be good for your future. <laughs> like it's <laughs> right. And I didn't have to do a PowerPoint, but it's, it was just about like focusing. <laughs> and like, I think they just sort of let me be because they understood that like switching schools in a very pivotal time is like not easy. So like. They just gave me a level of, I think, freedom early um, and also just expected, but they also expected results and they expected me to do good things. Yeah. Yeah. Were were you dating at all uh, at either phase in your high school years? I mean, I wasn't technically allowed to, but, um, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I don't know if I've told my mom this story yet, but... (laughs) When we knew that we were going to move back to Houston, my parents would like go and look at houses like during the week and they would come back home in time for us to like before we went to bed because I was old enough to be home and take care of my sister and, you know, because I was, you know, 15, 16. So, yeah, yeah, so they would be out and they would go look at houses um, and I would like secretly have my boyfriend at the time come over and we'd be like making out on the couch and like... (laughs) Yeah, that's an exciting feeling, right? It's like, um, and my sister, like, she would be so annoying about it. I'd be like, stay in your room, stay in your room, do not come out. And she would still come out. And at one point, she wanted to, like, she was so upset with me that she couldn't watch TV in the in the living room that she like grabbed like a a bag of popcorn and she came out and she sat on the couch and she just like stared at us. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So, to answer your question, I wasn't technically allowed to, but I definitely broke a Got couple it. of rules. <laughs> Got it. I mean, they were basically inviting it because I don't know what could feel more exciting as a young person who's not supposed to date to then have their parents be like, well, we'll be back in a few hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like here's here's twenty dollars to go get pizza. Do you know take care of your sister? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Where do I start? Where do I start? Exactly. Did your was your um before like the jig was up? Did did was your sister like keeping that secret for you? Oh yeah, she totally did because yeah. I I mean I'm sure nice. at some at that point I must have had some sort of blackmail on her too. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't tell you yeah, what it is, but I'm that's sure what I had it's all it. About. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Um, and and were you into like 
were you like deeply into like certain types of music? Were you loving kind of musical theater stuff since you had an interest in in theater and drama in general? What were you kind of into in terms of music? Oh gosh, that's a um, I love that question too because I tell people I started listening to American radio when I was eleven. So up until that point, like it was just very like you know it was Indian music. Like you know I just I mean not many kids are talking about like having heady conversations about music before that anyway <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, Good point. uh so it's like you know nobody i don't think anybody really questioned what we were doing at home because we didn't have iphones we didn't have like earbuds that we were listening to stuff on before sure you know, you know what i mean so um, yeah. yeah, it was very much like, you know, Indian music, cla- Indian classical music, Bollywood music up until that point. And then I started listening to the radio and like, I was like, oh, I love, I love how, uh, I loved Mariah Carey. Like she taught me how to sing, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. Whitney Houston. Like that's when I started listening to music, which is an amazing time to be introduced to Amer- American music. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. Listen, if those are the ladies, what, if, what for me, it was like, oh, Nirvana is teaching me how to sing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> might it be the most musically, like technically sound in the way that Mariah could be argued <laughs> to be a good teacher of voice per se. Um, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, Nirvana. It, like I think, like it, it. Depending on what your what catches your. That's what I think I love about the music conversation. Is like people can when they love something, they can debate with you the very specific reason why it appeals to them. And that's Uh, really all that matters. And like, for me, I have an affinity for the divas because as a singer, (laughs) like I, that's where I went to, you know, like my go-to karaoke song even now is It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. Oh, Celine. <laughs> Celine is a very special creature, perhaps not of this world. I, I believe you. I, I'm in agreement with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and in terms of the, this is like a, I don't want to get too down on all of this, but it, the idea of what you mentioned in passing of, of being a sophomore in high school when 9-11 happened, um, that is a that's an intense time and an intense place and situation as you mentioned to perhaps be to some people mistakable for this quote-unquote enemy that we were all supposed to suddenly be watching and reporting at all times it's Mm -hmm. just like so uncomfortable I was I was in San Francisco um at SF State when it happened and it was so like I'm, I'm very glad that I was in a city like a, a San Francisco, which of course is not a perfect city, and it has many, many flaws, and you know, is there's lots and lots of problems. But, um, but it was definitely a city where I felt like there was a, you know, a, like across so many cultures of people, mm-hmm. just like people being horrified that some of the messaging that was coming out about, you know, like, if you see something, say something like there was, I felt like I was in a community of people or multiple communities of people who were aghast at the idea that suddenly we were supposed to look at a certain type of person with suspicion, you know? Right. And so for you being in a place where I'm sure for the most part that was embraced, yikes. Yeah, you know, again, I think because we had already been there for a number of years, um, maybe there was like 
I, I wasn't new and mysterious. I was just maybe like there's a level of suspicion now, but like not to like, I, nobody was shocked by me because I was already there, you know, like we, yeah, we yeah, had been there for a few years. So I, I think it's like there for me, the worst it got was like questioning about what I, I don't think it, until that point, anybody actually asked me about my ethnicity, where my parents are from, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they just knew, they're like, oh, she's Indian. But like, what does that mean? Because people, when you're, Mm. when you're you're not worldly, you just sort of put all of that, like, to people, what's the difference between Saudi Arabia and India? Right? Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's like, just, it was a level of explaining and educating, saying like, okay, this is where the conflict is. Like, this is not where my family's from. Even though, like, and at the time, it's like, it almost felt like I was saying, oh, we're not like them, you know, and which is terrible. I I totally hear you. (laughs) I totally hear you. Which is a terrible feeling as well. That's a really interesting distinction. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because that is very much, I feel like many of us at some point or other have been kind of caught up in that machine of like, oh no, I, how do I, (laughs) like... That's not how I meant it. But now I feel like I've married myself. Yeah, I, it just, right. that makes sense. That right. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's so hard at that point. Like how many how many hills do or like I can only pick one hill to die on. Right. Like It's like, mm-hmm. so do I pick the one where I explain that we're not from Afghanistan or like, you know, what I mean? like what do I which one do I pick or do I pick the one do, do I pick the one that says, listen, they're not like this this ethnic this ethnicity is not a bad group of people they're not dangerous like right. what what do i choose to teach them in that moment <laughs> right right yes yeah exactly um, no i was talking yeah. to um to nagin farsad about she was mentioning um you know the idea of like just staying trying to you know just wanting to i mean she's a very positive person so i don't it wasn't really about the attempt to do so but like she was talking about um a conversation that she had uh in in Tennessee like in like some you know sort of small small town in like a vintage or like an antique shop and getting into this really great conversation with this woman who like eventually asked her completely innocently like truly innocently was like and so what did you think about 911 oh wow and she was like you know you have that moment where you you're sort of like oh my god this is really happening oh my god I'm the first brown person you've ever met like you know just sort of spinning spinning through those things and and then you know kind of quickly recovering and be like well well it was horrible like what you know what's she gonna say it was a hooray for our side like there's no you know but this woman didn't she genuinely like they had, they had forged a connection and this woman genuinely felt safe in asking that question. Right. And it was a real, it was like a real question. Like, a, like a, I want, I don't want to think this way about people. I, I don't know. Like that was really fascinating and, and a nice, I guess, reminder that it is hard to know where, what people's life experiences have been. And we all want to believe that everybody should just have the tools right now in this moment to stop being racist or to stop being you know, this or that. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Yeah. And also, like, I wish I had, um, 
you know, now when I, during this time, this whole uprising that's been happening this year, I think like my biggest learning experience has been um, how much I just sort of un or unconsciously or subconsciously put up with without it. Like I didn't even, I don't think I knew what code switching was until about four or five years ago when my little sister told me what it was like. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's only three years younger than me. So it's like, I, I've definitely, um, there's a part of me that I, and I wish I wasn't admitting this, but like, I think I've been living out this model minority myth without realizing that I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so weird. It's weird yeah. to, to say that out loud and, and to say like, like there's so much that was um, just programmed that I didn't even question. Um, mm. And it's hard to just be like, wow, I could have done something. I could have acted differently. I was just too scared to. So then I just didn't look at it ever again. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think, I think there are so many people who, who feel that way. And, you know, you can take it, I, my personal feeling, and I'm saying this is a, you know, blonde, blue haired, what? Blonde, blue haired. A blonde, blue haired, at times, blue haired, sure. White woman, you know, but like I, I would say, you know, you're doing good work and you, whatever, whatever we all need to do to process those behaviors, like by all means, that's, that's important. That's incredibly important, but also, you know, take it easy on yourself, you know, in terms of feeling like you, you should have or could have or would have, you know, it's like how much of that is useful. And some of it really is some of it's super useful. You know? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's all I, like I take it as as a as a chapter in my evolution, and you know, every time I learn something new, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool that I had now have a new thing that I can do better. Yeah, you know. And just as a woman, that happens. I mean, I have all kinds of shit that I've beaten myself up for, where I'm like, why didn't I say something? Why do I continue? I still apologize when someone bumps into me. <laughs> right. Like I apologize. <laughs> like I like. I am doing nothing and someone slams into me on the way to somewhere else. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I just want to make sure that you have time to hear me apologize to you for you running into me. Right. <laughs> like, no, what am I, I doing? You. you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets baked in um, that, you know, I think there's so many different things that people are kind of trying to to untangle um, mm -hmm. right now. You know, um, you were talking about how you're from the Bay Area and how your experience is completely different. So my husband, who's also Indian, is from the Bay Area as well. And we've talked often about like how different our schooling experiences were and how he would like, because he grew up in Berkeley. And so like he would be like, yeah, you know, we would cut school a couple of times because there was protests happening and there was a couple of teachers that would encourage it and I was like I do not know that life like <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know yeah very different <laughs> very different so there's also like I also have that um like a like another person who has the same the same background as me and a similar experience to me and does still like you know we've both lived in um big cities but like you know, he will he will sort of be like a great filter for me to be like, hey, am I imagining this in this? And, you know, I can like take it at face value because he knows that 
he like he didn't get that sort of treatment you know like if i'm yeah. reflecting on something that's like that was wrong right that was wrong that ha- that thing that happened in in 11th grade and he was like yeah that's pretty fucked up <laughs> oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends of maximum fun Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, and... Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Well, let's get out of fucked up land and dive into some mash. Want to? Unless we decide to make the mash fucked up, which I don't think we will. Oh, goodness. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, I, as well, am excited. I feel like I want to jump right into some music and diva stuff because of what we were talking about and have the first category be three divas that you would love to collaborate with on something. And they, and they have to be alive? No, not at all. I should have said that. Oh, okay. Okay. Aretha. Nice. Um... Mariah in 1992. Love it. I love the specificity <laughs> so much. Um, and um, Ella Fitzgerald. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, great. Uh, wonderful. Okay, next category. Let's do, let's do three places in the world, whether you've been there or not. So it can be your idealized version of a place mm. that we may be giving you a second home uh, that we can sort of teleport you to. And uh, might I add, COVID is not a thing. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the Seychelles. Mm-hmm. Have not been. It has I been an haven't. answer for many people. And I gotta go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a popular destination. I know. I haven't been. But my husband got to go on a business trip once. And he said that, like, the, the project he was working on, they literally gave him the whole resort on his own island. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And That's how like, to do it. I know. And so I've just been jealous for many years. And I need to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. The Seychelles. What's next? Okay. Um, uh, I, w- I haven't been to Alaska yet, but I want to go to Alaska um, like in the summer. I Like if in this new world, can I just say that it's Alaska in the summer like year yeah, round? because it's your summer home. Are you kidding me? Right. Yes, your summer year round home. <laughs> <laughs> great. I love it. Um, and then, uh, I love Australia. It's one of my favorite places ever. Yeah. Any particular area? Just out of curiosity, no pressure. I, I would live, um, in Melbourne for most of the time. And then I would go to, uh, Tasmania for vacation. <laughs> if I Nice. Live. The vacation from your vacation. That's home. right. I love it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
okay, great. Um, okay, next category, let's do one of my faves, three foods that in this reality, as we talked about our cottage and castle cheese, we are not <laughs> supposed to have, or it's bad for the environment or ethically on some level, you know, all of that stuff, or just too sugary and you get too sick feeling if you ate too much of it. In this reality, we're stripping all of that away. Everything is totally fine, perfect, and great. You can have it in perpetuity at the snap of your fingers, three. Great. I, I, it's funny because I'm, I may not even say any of the wonderful cheeses that we <laughs> discussed. No need. No need. We've given a lot of cheese love. I know. Uh, some would say too much on this podcast. So you could do whatever you want. Amazing. Well, okay. So I'm, I just love a home-cooked meal. And my mom makes um, something called pongal, which is a South Indian dish. It's P-O-N-G-A-L. And it's oh, I like know. a bread. Oh, you know it? I do. I do because there's a place called um, Dosa in San Francisco, not to keep bringing up San Francisco, uh, that is like heaven yeah. and has, yeah, has, has fungal. Yes. That's but what keep I talking. Keep talking. Let people know. Oh, no. I was going to, yeah. It's just, like I explain it as a breakfast porridge that's kind of like, like the Indian risotto. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which that's just a real good, like, Every the cultures that have a version of that, oh, so good. It you can't go wrong. I literally could eat it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that and then let's see. Um, the sunflower butter cups from Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh yes, indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what would be my last thing? Uh, and then a, this is so crunchy granola, but a impossible taco salad from Mendocino Farms. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love, I love that you sped up as fast as you could. <laughs> I've said it now. I got to get it over. I got to say the best to Mendocino Farms. I have to move on. People are going to make fun of Mendocino Farms. That being said, yumzers. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Okay, great. Um, okay. Next category, let's do three movies that you can jump into and you don't have to relive the plot. You're just going there to kind of be in that world and you're safe. You're in a safety bubble. So whatever oh. you want to do is fine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So Aladdin, Disney's animated film, Aladdin. Love it. <laughs> When Harry Met Sally. Great. And uh, what else do I want to be in? Where I just get to watch them, right? That's what it is. It's like I get to observe and just be there. Well, yeah, I mean, you can enter. You can engage. You can definitely engage. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you're thinking about it, I just want to point out that I was like somehow really worried that I couldn't fit all of the words when Harry met Sally into this line. And then I realized that just writing when Harry was very much enough oh, for yeah. me to remember. What, like, <laughs> why am I? I what am I going to see? I'm going to see when Harry and I'd be like, I don't know what movie that is. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Now, okay. You're going to love this. Okay. Uh, I I would want to be like one of the cool kids in like one of those 90s, early 2000s, like teen flicks. Like I would want to uh-huh. be in um, She's All That. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I want to know what that life feels like. 
Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, perfect. Uh, next one, all due respect to the man in your life. Mm-hmm. This is a mash game, alternate universe, romance, three people, and they can be living, dead, actor, actress, person playing, you know, just the role they played, someone from a book, a cartoon, Mm -hmm. sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, my husband is well aware that uh, Idris Elba (laughs) is on deck. Yeah. I feel like husbands all over the world have just come to accept that he is on people's list because he's certainly, I mean, listen, he's a dream. Right. He's an absolute dream. He's a, he's a drink, a snack, and the whole meal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, that. And then I mentioned she's all that earlier. So I'll just put myself back in that brain and I'll be like, yeah, like Freddie Prince Jr. from She's Great. All That. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, Different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, oh, you know what? Like, who doesn't have fantasies about multiple people? So this is difficult to sift through. But <laughs> let's mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 you know, I was really, like, into, um, what's his name? Benjamin Bratt. He was, like, my daddy. Mm-hmm. He was, like, the mm-hmm. daddy I wanted. <laughs> very handsome i mean miss congeniality like benjamin bratt yeah miss congeniality was like i was like yes daddy <laughs> he's a very very handsome man yes and agreed he has like i mean i guess he's played bad guys but he has a certain dependability about right. him <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> he's not gonna leave me unsatisfied not no. with that look of determination no, <laughs> that look of no. quiet determination <laughs> Uh, I love it. Okay, great. Uh, okay, next one. Let us do three roles from, it could be anything, television, theater, Broadway, film, whatever you want. Three roles that for one reason or another, it's possible you will not get a chance to play. Mm. Um, three roles that would be really fun. That's like, it's total like, there's zero, it's you know colorblind, genderblind, like whatever you want. So, yeah, this is a weird one. So there's a, a Stephen Sondheim musical called Assassins that was, do mm-hmm. you know the show? I I don't know it, I have, and but I know I should know it because I have a couple of friends who are like, this is a great show. Yeah, and it's so great. And it's literally like all of the people who have ever assassinated or attempted assassination on a president, yes, right? Yes. And I've always like thought, oh my God, that Lee Harvey Oswald role is just so baller. <laughs> I love it. This is what the game is for. I love it. Lee Harvey Assassins. Done. <laughs> Done. Um, and then Ann Perkins on Parks and Rec. I feel like I, I am Ann Perkins. Great. <laughs> this is a great cross section. It's a little of everything. Yes. <laughs> While you were thinking of yours, I, I suddenly ha- I flashed to like thinking about almost wanting to do like a like a like like a like a section that's just like two female like it feels like there's a there's a specific era in movies that was like I guess it was the 80s but it was like outrageous fortune with Bette Midler and Shelley Long yeah. and then like big business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin yes. playing twins 
and then like death becomes her uh. which is like an amazing role and so i started to think like oh there could be an addition of this particular category that's just like within that realm of like those really juicy over-the-top great roles yes um god it'd be so fun to be in death becomes her are you kidding are me? you kidding me yes are isn't that around the time me? that like the role the original angelica houston version of witches came out too oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the terrifying original version of witches yeah that was great yeah exactly right exactly right okay uh next category let us do uh three skills that we are potentially going to give you that you can wake up with tomorrow and you just are an expert oh cool um i i just really want i wish i could draw i wish i could draw i I have like two left feet when I try to do something like that. Um, yeah, I hear you. Uh, I want to uh, play the guitar. Great. And uh, is something like being a human calculator allowed? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Fantastic. Human calculator it up. Yes. Human calc. <laughs> Great. When Harry, what does that mean? Exactly. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> And then uh, I've been enjoying this one lately uh, because of kind of the situation that we're in. It's we're going to give you this sort of like magical room um, that exists inside your current home that, you know, time and space has no meaning. It's like you open the door and you could be in a forest or you could just be in like a spa or you could be in a playroom or, you know, whatever you want. Three magical rooms. And it doesn't have to be that they're magical themselves. We're just saying like you want to you want to tack on a gym, a little home personal gym. Sure. Mm. It's not going to take up any more floor space. I was thinking, I was like, I took that as like, it's my Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe thing. And yeah, that's, you know what? It could be that as well. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, when I open it up, I'm transported somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen, that's, is that better? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, to a magical realm. Yeah. You know, because like you said, like a spa or a, a place. Okay. So when I, do, of course, I love a spa. I love a, a self care moment. I'm literally exfoliating my feet right now. So, I would go to this Japanese spa in Santa Fe, New Mexico called 10,000 Waves. Oh, I love this decision. <laughs> that sounds so good mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it. The Santa Fe part. Mm-hmm. The 10,000 Waves part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Love it. Um, it. Yeah, I mean, all of mine might in- involve some sort of like, like bougie, like you know, self-care thing, like a, a service of some sort. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Um, I, and then I want to go, I want to have a room where like, it's just dark and soundproofed and there's just a shiatsu mas- like, massage chair there that I just sit in and nobody Great. talks to me. Great. I mean, as a mom, people like I, I escaped my shower just for quiet. Like, <laughs> Oh, sure. I take an extra Absolutely. long dump. Just so I, <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> I like the idea of you walking into the room and it being almost metaphysical where it's like, and you're surrounded by stars. Like, it's just like <laughs> shiatsu stars. Right. Quiet. It's wonderful. Um, and then I would love it if I could walk into a room and then I would have a chef that would make me whatever I want to eat right in that moment. Great, great, great. Okay. 
All right. Um, what is, if you had to put a, a fine point on it, what's kind of like your current favorite color? Mm, purple. Okay. Will you please tell these fine people uh, where they can find you and your pod and all that good stuff uh, while I do these mash calculations. Yes, I'm in all the places. On um, Instagram, I'm at Pallavi Sastry. It's my full name. Um, and then our podcast, which Janet was a lovely guest on our live show, um, is What Are Friends For? The Instagram is at Waff Podcast. That's W-A-F-F Podcast. Um, and you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this one, probably. Um, and then the live show is patreon.com slash WAF podcast. Wonderful. Well, listen, I don't want you to, to, to worry a moment longer because I have some wonderful results that I'm very oh God, excited so to excited. share with you. Uh, this is a real good great i will not lie to you Mm. i first want to congratulate you now listen you did such an amazing job as sally Bowles. people are still talking about it um i know you can also reprise that role whenever you want because you will always be in demand ah um so great work on that i'm pleased that you were able to take time away from the uh the collaboration that you were working on with aretha (laughs) oh god to be able to do the cabaret show much appreciated Mm -hmm. your fans thank you um and then i know like you know you like to sort of once you've like worked put in that much work and they put in that much creative energy you like to just kind of unplug uh at your mansion in the seychelles (laughs) yes (laughs) could you imagine this life (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty over the top and i love it uh, I, uh, and by the way, if that's not going to work for you, rest assured, you can also just pop through your magic doorway into, uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico and <laughs> be at 10,000 waves. Amazing. I don't know, like it, it, none of this costs anything, you know, because right, right. like this is just your life and your entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want you to know that if ever any math is involved, you are a human calculator. So yes. Perhaps that's how you've made some of your fortune in addition to your uh, considerable artistic talents. Um, uh, You can disappear into Disney's Aladdin whenever you want. Uh, But my guess is you might not want to do it alone or you might not want to do it that often if you can't have your sweet, sweet partner with you who I promise you will enjoy spoon feeding you the delicious pongal of your mom's or any other Idris Elba. Ah, I win. I win at life. It's like, this is like the most decadent cake. I win. That has ever been served. Life. Is this, is this result? <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's well done. Amazing. Ah, oh, this is so, oh. this is like, I mean, like you said, decadent cake. And like, I was thinking about, so we, like, we talk about friendship a lot, right? So like, um, Harvey Guillen, I don't know if you know him. Um, Love him. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. He was on our show and he was talking about like how, like people fit on like different tiers of a cake. Like think of your life as a cake. And I'm like, but if this was my life, (laughs) I love everybody and I love everything. (laughs) Yeah. 
yes oh <laughs> uh, yeah this was this was a good one this was a very extravagantly delicious one mm-hmm. um this has been so much fun yeah. i want to thank you for spending part of this quarantine day with me thank you i'm so glad I, this is like the first time i've pub- publicly talked about covid too so you heard mm-hmm. it first <laughs> i think people appreciate it i yeah. think people appreciate it we got to <laughs> And we, we didn't dwell on it, but we covered it. And oh, good. yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, everyone, I want to thank you so much for listening. Be, please be sure to check out uh, all of Follow-E's wonderful work. Uh, you heard about it in the MASH game. And I will talk to you next time on the podcast. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.